Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We're talking about contentment. So let's go over to, go ahead and go over to Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to read a couple of passages to you, and I'm going to preach a 15-minute message. You ready? John, some people don't believe. John chapter 4, verse number 13. You're going to Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to John chapter 4, verse number 13. It says, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of of water springing up into everlasting life. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 11. These are our two golden texts for this series on contentment. It says this, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. So we're talking about contentment. And two weeks ago, we began the new series because last week we had our youth uh, 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 Sunday, which was awesome. And we began the series by defining the difference between the world's definition of contentment and the Bible's definition of contentment. So I want to begin this morning by reviewing those two definitions and add some more imagery with it, all right? So the first one, Nate, you got that first one? Oh, yeah. Look at that. Contentment by the world is defined as being satisfied. It is feeling, showing satisfaction with one's possessions, status, and, or situation. Being satisfied or showing satisfaction with the way things are. How many think they could be content right there? So, let's go to the next one. All the perfect relationship. We're in love. We finish each other's sandwiches. I know it's sentences. <laughs> Me and Heidi say that all. We finish each other's sandwiches. Oh, the perfect. If I just had the perfect relationship, then I would be content. Oh, if I was on the beach, under the umbrella, then I could be content. How about the next one? The perfect job. Oh, man, look how happy they are. <laughs> Co-workers working together, not a problem in the world. <laughs> then I could be content. If I just had better co-workers, uh, if I just had a better boss, Oh, if I had better employees, if you're the boss. How about the next one? Ooh, the perfect house. That would make me content. If I had the perfect house, if, if the perfect home. I mean, how peaceful could you be by that pool? All your problems will go away. How about the next one, Nate? Thank you. Oh, money. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, make it rain. <laughs> if I just had more money, I would be what? Content. This is the world's definition, right? 
Okay, what about the next one? I picked this one on purpose. Because we're in Montana, right? If I, oh, I'm only content when we're out in the wilderness. Come on, I'm challenging your definition of content. I'm doing it on purpose. (laughs) I'm not going to leave you hanging, okay? All right, how about the next one, Nate? Oh, the perfect car. Ian, I picked that green just for you. (laughs) If I had that car, then I could be content. Man, I hear a lot of rumbling on the car. (laughs) I didn't think I'd get that much reaction out of the car. Now I could, now that's a Lamborghini. Now I could, I could have picked a lot of different things. And my point here is, is that this, the world says, get these things and then you'll be content. But Paul said in Philippians 4.11 that he did, he said, it doesn't matter what situation I'm in, I'm content. Now, I want to say this. The Lord wants you to enjoy everything I just showed you. He just does not want you to look to it for contentment. Paul said, it doesn't matter what situation I'm in, I'm content. The world says you can't be. Natural thinking says, the spirit of the age says, you can't be happy until you can't be content, you can't function in joy and peace and rest until your kids are a certain age. You can't be satisfied until, and there's always a condition in this world that attaches itself to something that is outside of your control in order for your contentment to be what it should be. But what is the Lord's contentment? The the contentment according to the scripture is this. It means being sufficient in Christ, being strong enough in Christ, possessing enough in Christ to need no aid or support because you're in Christ. Uh, Biblical contentment is independent of external circumstances. There are people that have the vacation, the camping, the home, the car, and the money, and they are suicidal. Why? Because you can only be content in the spirit first. Do you know what will destroy a sense of discontent in your natural life? Start walking around and thanking God for everything you have. I woke up today, thank you, Lord. I'm going to heaven and not to hell. Thank you, Lord. My life, Lord, in you, I am blessed in you. Lord, I put, I got good clothes today. I I had coffee this morning. My coffee maker makes it before I get up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. 
And I'm blessed because of that. But Lord, my contentment is in you. Have you ever, have you, do you have something in your life that's a routine and when it gets interrupted, you realize how gripey you get? Am I the only one? I mean, there are times where I'm like, you know, Heidi, we don't have coffee for the morning. And I'm going to go into panic mode over what? Say, grow up, Sean. Thank you. Come on, I get after you. It's all right. You can say it to me. Contentment in Christ is it's independent of external circumstances, right? It's independent of external circumstances. Paul is not telling the Philippians in Philippians 4.11 where he refers to, being, to Jesus Christ as being his source of satisfaction. He's not telling the Philippians that he is self-sufficient in himself. He's saying, look, I am telling you that I am fully content and supplied in Christ, even if you didn't send me this offering. Biblical contentment is an internal condition, not an external condition. Nate, can you put up the contentment slide that I have with Christ there? Ah, there we go. This is the picture of biblical contentment. Now, I'm not saying that's exactly what Jesus looks like, but you get the point, right? What is contentment? I'm born again. I have the fruit of the Spirit in me. I've got eternity in my future. Do you know, I didn't, when my dad passed away before he was supposed to, I, I was not like, I was sad, but I didn't lose my contentment. Why? Because the Lord spoke to me. He said, Sean, to live is Christ, to die is... And why do we say lost then? I'm talking about believers. I'm not talking about the world. The world, of course, I understand. Why do we say we lost a loved one? If they're lost, they're not saved. But if they're saved, we didn't lose them. Right? Okay, well, just a thought there. That's a side thought. Just to help somebody with their contentment. So let's go here in Philippians 4, verse 10. It says, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Verse 11, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Notice that phrase right there, which is what we're going to hit today only. I have learned. I have learned. I have learned. I have what? In other words, it's not just going to come naturally. You're going to have to learn to be content. I'm going to have to learn to be content. Verse 12, I know how to be abased, and I know how to be abound. Now, some faith people would say, that's a bad confession, Paul. It's not. It's a statement of fact. He was abased at times. In fact, I'll read it to you um, in the Amplified. The more words translation. <laughs> Paul said this, the Amplified says it this way, I know how to be abased and live humbly in straitened circumstances. And I know also how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. Do you know people strive for abundance, but they don't know how to live in it after they've been in straitened circumstances? Do you know that either way, whether you have stuff or you don't, you have to learn how to live in those conditions. And there's only one place to find life 
in Christ. Well, I have the perfect house, the perfect spouse, the perfect number of kids, the perfect car, the perfect this, the perfect that. Yes, but have you learned how to live content in them? Or did we twist the prosperity message in our thinking? I think we have. So he goes on to say this. He says, everywhere in all things, I have learned, I have learned, I have learned both to be full and to be what? Hungry. Have you learned to be hungry? <laughs> have you learned to be full? Both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13, come on, we love to quote this. I can do all things through Christ to strengthens me. So let's give a little bit of context here for Philippians 4 before we discuss what the Spirit of God is saying through Paul. Paul at this time in his life had been arrested and put into prison. It is possible that, the, that how he was arrested and his arrest was surrounded around a house arrest situation, but in any case, he would have been chained to a guard at all times. Does that sound like being free? But yet he's free in Christ. Paul is chained to a guard. Now think, 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 think. Think in the name of Jesus. Think with me. Everybody do this with a thinking cap, thinking cap. Okay. Think now with me, okay? Paul's writing revelation from heaven while chained to a Roman guard. Paul is so in tune with the spirit of Christ within him that he is not, dis and so not distressed by the fact that he is arrested for doing kingdom work, that he is receiving free flow, unhindered, undistracted or distorted revelation from heaven flowing through him to another church. He is so focused on kingdom work and content in Christ that he is instructing a church that isn't under house arrest how to live in contentment in Christ. Not to mention the fact that in, in also within the boundaries of what we're talking about concerning learning and, and living in contentment in Christ and what that means to, to live in that contentment, there were preachers at this very time going around preaching in competition with Paul. Lord, I gotta get out of here. I gotta defend my ministry. If I'm gonna hold that mentality, if I'm gonna hold that in me, guess what I don't get? Revelation from heaven. The Lord will defend me. Well, you did this and you did that and you're that and you're this and you're right and I'm all those things. But I'm redeemed in Christ and I didn't anoint me and I didn't pick me and there are stories about me that you've heard and they're absolutely true. But guess what? But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Come on, how many can say the same thing? just maybe in a different avenue. Contentment in Christ. He says this in verse 11, not that I speak from regard to need. Paul, in, uh, Paul leads into his statement on contentment by removing his natural needs from, the con from consideration in the conversation concerning contentment. He does not want the Philippians to think he is content now that they have sent him an offering for his natural needs. He is thankful, but his contentment is not found there. So a question we should ask ourselves is this, where am I expecting my contentment to come from? This statement in verse 11, it means that Paul is not deriving his contentment from natural things. The natural 
is not determining his contentment. The spirit of Christ within is. Other translations of this statement, Weymouth says this, whatever my outward experience is, I've learned to be content. The NIV says, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Wherever you find yourself, you can be content. Now, lastly here as we wrap up, learned. Somebody say learned. Learned. It means to learn by practice. (laughs) I mean, no, you're going to have to do if you want to have. To acquire the habit of, to be accustomed to, this learning was done through walking by faith. So Paul learned by practice, walking by faith, that contentment is the result of intimate fellowship with Christ in the midst of contrary circumstances. Or we could say, as we looked at earlier, Jesus becomes within us a fountain of living water springing up unto eternal life. Notice that the contentment comes from within, not from without. Biblical contentment focuses on Christ within, and it enjoys the blessings externally. But you cannot put your faith in something natural that can change and expect to live in biblical contentment. I can't do that, can I? What if my faith, what if your faith, if it's attached to things that can change, if it's attached to a person who can change their mind? Well, I thought God told me that they were this or they were that. That's not where your contentment comes from. Come on. You can't control circumstances for, and people. How many have noticed you can't control people? You cannot. You'll never be able to. You don't have authority over them. You have authority over you. <laughs> right? You can choose to live from within out. I got Jesus in. Those people hate you over there. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. (laughs) Lord, you said bless those who curse you and do good to those. Come on, your whole day. How many have ever let something, a bad relationship, something go wrong in your life, whatever it is, and you've allowed it to ruin your whole day, and they don't even live in the same state as you? Come on, you got to let that go and go, Jesus, you're in me. Paul's saying, look, I know there's people, if you read through Philippians, you'll see it. He said, there's out, people out there preaching because they know I'm in prison and they're trying to you know, be bold because of my stance for the gospel. And he said, and then there's pre- people preaching out there that they're telling everybody my message is wrong or they're competing with me. And he says in there, they're trying to add suffering to my imprisonment. And you know what he says in the midst of it? I'm content in Christ. 
Paul learned to look to Christ for contentment, not to the natural. Biblical contentment is living free from external circumstances. Contentment is learned. Contentment is not a feeling or a mood. Contentment is not a feeling or a mood. Contentment is not a feeling or a mood. Feelings change with the circumstances while contentment comes from the heart settled on the promises of God and remains stable no matter what they may occur. The goal of every Christian is not to be freed from circumstances, but to be self-sufficient in them, knowing Romans 8.31, if God be for me, who can be against me? The confidence in God can be obtained through learning, receiving, hearing, observing, and doing the word of God. Biblical contentment is what separates the mature Christian from the sinner and the carnal believer. Joy, would you come? Biblical contentment is what separates the mature Christian from the sinner and from the what? Carnal believer. How many are you like me? You, you look at your life and you go, oh, I got to grow. <laughs> Can I encourage you with something? I want to give people an opportunity to receive Christ before we close here, but I want to encourage you with this. When you hear teaching or preaching in the word or you see scriptures as you're reading and you realize, wait a minute, I'm not even doing that halfway. Recognize that the Lord is not condemning you. Scriptures that point out, how many know the, the Bible says that this is a mirror, right? It calls the word of God a mirror. When you look in a mirror and you see food in your teeth, do you go, get this mirror out of here. It's condemning me. <laughs> do you do that? Why? Because you understand what the nature of the mirror is for. Understand the nature of God. The Lord is not mad at you. People say, well, I've put my contentment in things I shouldn't have. I know, we all have. It's why we need a savior. But you know what the scripture also says? That we can grow in these promises and they can become 30-fold blessing in our lives, 60-fold blessing in our lives, hundredfold blessing in our lives. You may hear the message today and you go, I'm probably at 15 fold. Then we all, how many would say you all have an area you can grow in? So are you condemned? No. Are you convicted, convinced that you need to grow and develop more? Yes. Do you hear the word of the Lord to you, which is simply this? The word of the Lord to you is this, that he will complete the work that he began in you. Amen. We're in a good spot. I'm in a place where I can hear good, solid, strong preaching from Brother Mark in the morning. And, you know, he kind of takes my lunch away from me and eats it. 
It's good though. Why? I want, I want somebody in my life, you know, that will, that will speak truth. And it's, it's from the word of God. And it, yes, it comes strong, but you know it's from a loving heart. Because they want your betterment, right? And the Lord wants your what? He wants you to walk in a hundredfold contentment. Wow. Totally content in Christ. I mean, I, I want that. I want it bad for my life. And I'm better than I used to be, but I'm not where I'm going to be. You stick with me for 30 years and we'll see where we're all at. Some people are thinking right now, 30 years, I'm... <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.